From the brink time, it is Thursday, the 27th of May, 2021, just a bit after 7 o'clock in the morning. I am Todd Brinker. Now, you may be listening to this as a podcast some other time, some other date. That's okay. You can listen now, too. So, Erin uh, will be joining us momentarily. She wraps up from the radio show. Excuse me. Just a reminder, um, we've been going daily since we've launched this, and it's we're at, what, episode 257 now. Um, starting next week, we're going to switch to a weekly schedule. So, um, we'll be weekly and we'll probably put out on, uh, put out the shows on Monday ish as kind of a tentative plan. So, um, anyhow, uh, we're going to go to weekly and we hope that you continue to listen and that you enjoy what you're hearing. Um, uh, hoping that we will maybe, uh, slant a little less towards news because it won't be like, you know, current news or things that are going on a little bit more uh, about uh, just observations and conversations about general things that are going on in the world. And the other thing is we will go maybe a little bit longer form on some things, you know, so um, the show has been roughly 45 minutes and we may, we're, we're looking at going an hour to an hour and a half on, on a weekly thing. So, so it's really, you know, kind of two shows in one because um, we'll probably be doubling up on our time or at least going a little longer. We'll go until we feel like we've talked out a subject. Um, and if we don't have any new subjects to talk about. Um, but, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff going on in the world, so it won't be too hard to find things of interest to talk about. Uh, for example, Emma Thompson has revealed that the one thing she didn't like about wearing her uh, costumes in uh, the new Cruella movie. Um, she does not play Cruella, uh, but she's in the movie. She plays the um, Baroness von Hellman. She's a fashionista. And uh, apparently, she said that wearing underwear with her costumes was torture during a recent appearance on Lorraine. Now, there's torture and there's torture. You know, I mean, this isn't like you're being waterboarded or something for a scene. Like uh, 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 the actress in uh, Game of Thrones was talking about the other day. No, uh, it's not quite that kind of torture. But apparently, she says, I don't like wearing underwear. Full stop. Period. She doesn't like that. She says, I stopped wearing underwear a long time ago. It's not my scene. So, uh, yeah, she just doesn't wear underwear, which is intriguing. Um, she says, I don't like comfortable underwear. I find comfortable underwear uncomfortable. Very English way to put that, isn't it? I can just hear her saying that. <laughs> so uh, she says it, she it, she compares it to you know feeling like squeezing a tube of toothpaste. She says if you squeeze it hard enough, things come up and go down and make shapes. But you're like dealing with a plasticine person. That that's not the real shape. She says you could put Mister Blobby into a corset and he would look good. Um, yeah, but women don't generally wear corsets these days either. So that's a bit of a stretch there, dear. But I get her point. Yeah, you know, it's like no underwear is better than underwear that binds up and is uncomfortable. And if you don't like it, then more power to you. I don't care. Wear what you want or don't want. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. Uh, but apparently, yes, the underwear she found to be intolerable whilst filming. You know, those actors have to put themselves through all kinds of horrible torture, like underwear. Ooh, poor thing. Must be a struggle. You know. 
But luckily, they compensate her well for all of her her uh, discomfort that she has to be put through. Yeah, actually, I like Emma Thompson a lot, but I just think that's kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I enjoy watching her work. She seems to be a um, she has a good sense of humor, and she's not one of those uh, who feels like she always has to look beautiful. She she, you know, she uh, is happy to uh, put in false teeth and, and look you know quite the uh, the beat up person. Here's Erin. Let's get her on here. Hello. Hello. So I was just talking about the fact that Emma Thompson is in this new movie, Cruella, and her biggest issue with the whole thing was that she had to wear underwear. <laughs> she said, I don't like underwear. I find comfortable underwear uncomfortable, and I don't like underwear. I quit wearing it some time ago. Um, yeah. Isn't that <laughs> like, weird? Yeah. Weird. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. You know, you wear or don't wear whatever you do or don't want to wear. You know, I mean, that's fine. I don't care. But it's funny that that's, I mean, obviously, I don't, I, you know, she wasn't like bringing it up as a major complaint and complaining to the director or anything. But I think she's compensated well enough to, you know, put up with wearing some underwear for a while. <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> if that's your biggest hardship is that they made you wear underwear, um, then you're doing okay. You know, it's not like um, uh, the, uh, uh, Ted Lasso actress who in Game of Thrones had to be waterboarded for an afternoon. <laughs> they're okay. Maybe I can see some complaining. Um, either way, <laughs> they're all well compensated, so I think they can they'll struggle by. You know. Yeah. No, nobody yeah. is forced to do their job. There are plenty of people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Uh... She, she'll she'll be fine. Um, and I'm sure knowing Emma Thompson, or not knowing her because I don't know her at all, but having seen her on other talk shows and stuff, that she was saying this all very sort of tongue-in-cheek because she seems to be a um, person who has a fairly dry English sense of humor and but has a really good sense of humor. You know, she's she's not one to always have to be prettied up for her parts and stuff. She takes all kinds of roles, and, and uh, I, I enjoy her work very much. I like uh, Emma Thompson's um you know, just about everything that I can think of that she's been in, I have enjoyed. Because uh, she's a very talented lady. So there. I was trying to think of the so, one where she plays the... Um, so there. The, uh, there's a movie, I think she was actually, I don't know if she was director, I think she was one of the producers behind it, um, where she played a um, uh, Mary Poppins type character who comes in and... And the oh know, oh oh yeah, misses something. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name yes. of it. Of course, I'm that looking at such a good movie. Yeah, well, the shtick in the whole thing is she shows up and she's kind of homely and has a mole and crooked teeth and and uh, and and what was the line? It's like uh, when you want me but don't need me, I have to go. When you need me but don't want me, I will stay, right? And and so eventually yes. the, everybody kind of learns a lesson. And each time they learn a lesson, like a mole disappears or st- teeth get straight. And by the time she leaves, she's she's you know a lovely person. Uh, but but now they don't they don't really need her anymore. They just want her there now. And so she's uh, uh, she goes on her way. And uh, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, because she did a Mary Poppins-centered uh, movie, too, in Saving Mr. Banks, where she played uh, there the you author. There the one I was thinking right. of. Right, she Saving played Mr. the Banks. author, but the one I was thinking of was uh, Nanny McPhee. Ah. Nanny McPhee, which is excellent, and it's a Mary Poppins-like character in that she's a, um, 
a caretaker of the children. I guess it's based on some children book, children's books that are quite popular in uh, the UK. Um, but yeah, she shows up, you know, to, she, the, the, you know, widowed dad is trying to find, uh, you know, trying to manage these rambunctious kids who keep running off nannies and she shows up. And of course the kids think they're going to run her off too. And then they find out that she's a little bit more to deal with than meets the eye. And, uh, yeah. I, I, this is going to sound so shallow and vapid. I have a complaint with trends in fonts. So Arrowhead (laughs) Credit Union, Arrowhead Credit Union has changed their, their logo it's just the word Arrowhead, and it is it is this bubble Comic Sans looking font, and this bubbly font is I'm seeing it everywhere now. IHOP really? has it, and like other places have it, and to me it looks juvenile and unserious. I don't like it, but it's yeah. the trend. Yeah, um, I'm not going to go to a bank that uses a bubbly font. Yeah, IHOP has used that for quite a while as their their logo, the IHOP part. When they were International House of you know uh, Pancakes Restaurant, then it was a you know more serious looking you know the, their logo and stuff looked like it was from the 1890s, and I think they decided to update that uh, back in I think 94 is when they went well, you know I'm, I'm just having to quick look quick look at, <laughs> but uh, but yeah you're yes. right that 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 sort of rounded edge type of sans serif font is generally not a good choice <laughs> no well and, and for, for i mentioned ihop because everybody's seen that logo right it's right. Kind of an iconic brand mm-hmm. and so but i i think of i mean it's fine for a restaurant where you like to go as kids it's just, all the tables are a little bit sticky yeah. and everything yeah, it's is casual dining <laughs> so casual fonting yes. you know exactly but but for a for a financial institution you've got to be kidding me <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, and I don't like the idea of taking something that has a name that um, explains what the heck it is and replacing it with just a one-word thing that I'm now supposed to know. Arrowhead means, you know, it's a credit yes. union. That that it, yes. it takes something that's informative and useful and turns it into something that's not informative and not useful. And, and yes. you know, it's it's okay for, you know, Coca-Cola to say Coke because we know what that is. You know, Apple, we know what yes. that is. They've built a brand that we know. But, um, you know, Arrowhead, are they talking about water? Because there's an Arrowhead yeah, water, exactly. too. You know? Yes. I, I, exactly. What is that? Yeah. Yes. Weight Watchers did that. They're now calling themselves WW. And yeah. it's like, no. I, I think of like wrestling. You did a URL wrong. Yeah. When you do WW, I think of wrestling. W. And it's like worldwide watching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right? It's like WWE is Worldwide that Entertainment. That's the the yes. the name of the, the the brand behind the big wrestling yes. shows. Not and, that there aren't other WW, brands. WWF is World Wildlife Fund or Federation or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And uh, yeah, I, WW like really that yeah. no could Everybody's be Elmer Fudd going wheelie wheelie weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elmer Fudd, also known as Egghead, as we learned the other day in our trivia question. So did you want to know uh, what character Hank Ketchum invented or created? Yeah, I have no idea who Hank Ketchum is, so yes. He's the creator of Dennis the Menace. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Hank Ketchum was the creator so, of Dennis the Menace. So 
there's really no comic strips anymore. Because, That's because there's no more well, newspapers. Well, exactly, because newspapers really aren't printed anymore. Yeah, and so I mean, there. you know, are are these are these comics running somewhere else? Are they on? Because I don't. Are they on the electronic version? Can you go to a Sunday, you know, at Los Angeles Times and watch and and look at this electronic Sunday funnies? Yeah, I don't know if you can or not, but if you go to Dilbert.com, you can see the Daily Dilbert. Um, the Daily Dilbert. That just sounds weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scott Adams also has a uh, a blog post, so you can listen to him. He does um, like social and political commentary and has an interesting take on a lot of stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you he's if a you smart will. guy. He he is he is a he's a very thoughtful and smart guy who who uh, you know he used to be that guy in the cubicle. So Dilbert was kind of the life he was living uh, at one point in time. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, he if you evidently like, had a boss with devil horns. So, yeah, apparently, or at least that's how we imagined it. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, in fact, he actually has a, a very interesting take about, you know, the, 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 how to break down what is funny and what is not funny and how to create funny. Um, so, you know, if you're a comedic writer, he, he, there's like, you know, he says like, here's the three things that you need to have. And if you have any two of these things, uh, then, you'll get, you know, it, it, it's funny. One of these things you might get a chuckle, but it's probably not worth work, you know, dealing with. Two two of these things you can, and, and I, of course I can't remember any of the things, but uh, but it's interesting that he breaks it down. You know, he's obviously thought a lot about his trade, and he also thinks a lot about uh, human interaction and politics and how that works. And so uh, 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 that's what his blog generally talks about. Uh, he fairly early on, much to uh, the chagrin of a lot of people who apparently followed him because um, he got a lot of flack for it initially, excuse me, initially uh, uh, predicted that Donald Trump was going to win in 2016. He, he looked at the way he deals with people and interacts and he says this guy is a master convincer. He's a, pe- he's a person who will get people convinced to follow him. And, uh, he's a salesperson. Yeah, through and, and through. yeah, and he and said, you he know, regardless of what what he's media. selling, he, he's going to get plenty of people who want to vote for him. And boy, was he right. So, yep. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was he, what I think what he called was a master influencer. I've read. Um, he has uh, a, a series of books that are um, on on similar topics, and I've read some of those. And he's also talked about some authors from which he has read, and I've I've actually read several authors uh, that he has read about the the art of uh, not so much sales directly, but of of influence and, and influencing others is and, and how that works, the psychology of that, and it's a very interesting area, very interesting area on how how to go about doing that, and and um, it is it is absolutely a skill that can be learned, and uh, and that is demonstrated repeatedly. In uh, in both his writing and in others, so yeah, Dilbert, go figure. Um, so I assume if you can see, watch Dilbert, or go find Dilbert online, you can probably find other comics online too. If you, you know, pick pick one that you like. Um, I wonder, like, if you looked for Family Circle, Family Circle. Well, they've got a Wikipedia page. They've got a Facebook page. I don't know if they're still being if those con- comics are still being. Um, new ones are still being made. Yeah, in 2019, Family Circle magazine shut down. That's a different thing, though. 
yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of those were just being repeated anyway because they had been written years ago. They weren't, you know, like you said, yep. not current, like like peanuts, They're right? Kind of timeless. Yeah, yeah, there's. I know that that the the Charles M. Schultz family or trust licenses that stuff, and then it you know was repeated over and over and over. But there's no new things being made. I don't think they licensed it to be redone by somebody else. But uh, yeah, who knows? Anyway, you know, I think some of that stuff could be found online. But yeah, I don't think that the like the newspapers don't have license to publish it online. Um, but that could be changing too, just because you know the people who own the the rights to those things want to get paid, right? So yeah, um, and and they put it all. And you know, so much of uh, the newspapers' electronic editions are behind a paywall, and and so it's not like that. There's not revenue being generated from it, um, right? No. The question is then how much since the classified ads were killed by Craigslist, as we've talked about, and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, lots so. of that stuff is, uh, you know, just the, the economics are changing, so people got to stay with it. So as if a Lamborghini wasn't fast enough, the fine folks at Lamborghini have revealed the 2020 Hurricane tu- Super Trofeo Evo 2, which will be the... Uh, the latest version of a racing car that we, that uh, will be used across each of the three continental Lamborghini series. They they sponsor a, a, a racing series of nothing but Lamborghini cars, and this is uh, the latest in that uh, that bunch. And so, um, yeah, this is uh, so quite these quite are the not vehicle. street legal vehicles, right? Like um, in the United States. Well, I think that uh, Lamborghini does a deal where they kind of they're all street legal too, which is ridiculous because you know I don't think you could ever get out of third gear um, with these things. <laughs> it's a uh, rear wheel drive, five point two liter, naturally aspir- aspirated V ten engine with a maximum output of six hundred and twenty horsepower. Holy so, cow! Yeah. So, uh, and large chunks of it are in, uh, carbon fiber. It'll be sold in the Europe. Yes, it'll be street legal. It'll be sold in the European market for 250,000 euros. Um, so it's a bargain. I'm, yeah. I mean, I suppose if you're, if you're obscenely wealthy, it doesn't matter. But the thought of spending a quarter of a billion euros on, or a quarter of a million euros, sorry, a quarter of a million euros on a car to me, I, I'm not really a collector of things, and I know that it's collectors and, and aficionados who do this, but it just seems like a stupid waste of money. You know, yeah. think of all the good you could do with those dollars. We've all got our stupid waste of money things, though. You know, name I know. it. You know, pick it. Everybody's got their thing that they buy, and I suppose if you've got you know bajillion dollars, I would guess that most people who who have the money to go buy a Lamborghini also make. You know, donations to their church and do other good things with their money too. So I don't, I don't begrudge them spending that kind of money. Oh, I don't if begrudge they have the them. Scale. I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. begrudge it. I just, I yeah. just don't get it. I think it's just scale. You know, I mean, like, uh, you know, we talked about Bill Gates earlier. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, I think he, he's one of the people. You know, recent revelations about him, notwithstanding, he's made the comment in the past that you know. After a billion, he says, it, it's, it, it doesn't substantially change my life. You know, one billion, five billion, a hundred billion, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's like, it's not like I spend money, you know, on a scale every day that's going to change that in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, essentially you're, you can have anything you want when you get to that point, right? So if you just happen to look at yeah. a car and go, that's cool, I want one of those, you don't even look at the price. Who cares? It's just, I want one of those. Give me one. 
you know, you buy one of the three uh, Rolls Royces that have the, you know, set up so that you can uh, go down to the ballpark and tailgate with the best of them. <laughs> you know, I, I hope I hope that that Rolls Royce comes with a small jar of Grey Poupon. I hope it does. In fact, quite frankly, it should come with a never-ending small jar. Whenever that jar starts to get empty, somebody should just automatically come find you via GPS and give you a new jar to put in the car, right? Like there should be a sensor in there, and when the jar starts getting light, somebody just shows up and said, here, here's your new bottle. Uh, what if you don't like gray poupon? Doesn't matter. It never gets empty, so it's fine. Exactly. Doesn't matter. You, it's required in a, in a, in a one of only three Rolls Royces made with the boat tail. You need to have gray poupon in the vehicle, whether you use it or not. It just it's required. Yeah. It's required. And then somebody God. needs to pull up next to you in in a really really old AMC fishbowl pacer and say, "Pardon me." <laughs> Do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> oh my god! I'm yeah. Shwing. Okay, exactly. Wave World. Wasn't there a pacer? Didn't they drive a pacer? Absolutely. That's where that came from. I was referencing back to earlier Saturday Night Live, and you know, I'm tying it all together today. Is what I'm doing here. I'm bringing it all full circle, bringing it right back around. Um, yeah. You know, we got the Rolls Royce. We got the Saturday Night Live reference. The Wayne's World reference. Um, I'm just doing everything I can to, to, yeah, just, I want this a nice, neat package the day, you know, today's the day, the 27th of, uh, May, it's just going to be a a tight package today. Um, so, um, today, by the way, is the day that they are releasing the friends reunion. You can actually go onto HBO max and watch it. And, uh, during one of our breaks, I went and verified that it's there and watched the first, like. 15 seconds of it and all it was was words that said like you know from this date to this date this show was like number one on television and the six main characters have been in the room together once since the end of that show you know over a decade ago uh until now and that's how it starts and then you hear the um i'll be there for you playing but not the not the version that was played in the regular show it's like this kind of slow uh, moody version of it, and that so yeah, I haven't haven't even seen characters yet. I I got that far just to verify that yes, it's there. You can watch it. So, so um, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. Tobin and I have been rewatching a series from New Zealand called The Almighty Johnsons, and they have it on for free on IMDb. <laughs> Sounds you, vaguely um, vaguely pornographic. Okay, no, no. Well, okay, I can see that. I wasn't that. Your mind is in the gutter. That's hey. all I'm saying. But it's about this family in, in New Zealand of, of Norwegian descent, and they're actually gods. Their gods are have inhabited their bodies. That's part of their family mm-hmm. tree. They're Norse gods. And it opens up with the main character turning 21. And he's just kind of a, he's just kind of a dude. I mean, he's not – he's just your average you know, bloke, as they would say. And he finds out – that he is the um, the reincarnation or the embodiment of of Odin, and so and then he's got to be on 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 the hunt for his Frigg, who is, um, you know, the Odin's uh, love interest or love in. Where's Norse my friggin' Frigg? Exactly, 
Um, and so he's got to find Odin has to find Frigg and then, you know, so that that they can all go back to, uh, was it uh, Asgir or Asgard? Asgard, Asgard. yeah. Um, um, and so, uh, anywho. I've watched it's a, it's Thor. A funny show. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't like superhero movies, so yeah. I, I have not watched it. And yet you're watching it's this. A, it's a superhero movie. Just a different but spin. it's really not. It's, no, it's really, well, Okay. It is. It is funny, and yeah. and you know, and I like the sensibility of, of. I mean, it's it's uh, Kiwi humor is like Aussie uh-huh. humor, and yeah. you know, it's it's self deprecating, and it's. Yeah. I, I just enjoy it. it. We're it's a funny show. I like it. And what's it called again? The Almighty Johnson. The Almighty Johnson. I just wanted you to hear say it again. The um, I watched something <laughs> very similar. Um, uh, ironically, um, it's called. Um, Jupiter's legacy and it's about these people who were back at the in in 1929 just after 1930 just after the fall of the um you know the the black uh friday and the the collapse of our economy um they one guy starts having these weird dreams and he brings along these friends and they end up going out to this island in the ocean and anyhow they end up getting blessed with like these superhuman powers and then subsequently their children have the powers and so it's you so it's two stories them getting their powers and then the the um uh them interacting with like the next generation of superheroes and taking on the responsibilities and the rules that they've created around how you're supposed to behave with these powers and how they're supposed to use them for good and to help people and uh and it's the struggle of you know are you a good person or a bad person? And when you've got, when it's all amplified because you have these superhuman powers, how do you, how do you uh, interact with the world and, and should you, and it's all very interesting. Um, so, uh, What's yeah, it there's called? eight episodes of Jupiter's legacy and oh. that's on Netflix. And, uh, um, it's, it's interesting. It's just, it's, it's not what I had initially expected, but uh, my daughter suggested it. She found it and said, "Hey, you might want to watch this." And uh, it, um, uh, Josh Dumel is uh, plays one of the leads in it. Um, he's probably the name, the the person you'd recognize the most. Um, not that there aren't other people in there as well, but uh, yeah. And uh, it's um, done by uh, 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 Mark Miller, who uh, was sort of behind the movie uh, or behind the uh, Kingsman movies. And uh, and uh, there was a kind of comic book movie called Kick Ass that was also something. He's a he's a Scottish comic book writer who's done, you know, comic book type of things. And so this is another one of sort of people, you know, if you're given imag- uh, a, a unimaginable power, how does that affect you and how does that affect the people around you and how you interact with the world? So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I enjoyed that. Enjoyed it completely. And then I watched yesterday evening. See, I didn't have to coach last night because my kids were in a, on a taper, so there wasn't, you know, there wasn't as a, a full practice because we're getting ready for CIF. So I had time on my hands, and so last night uh, before bed. Now, this I'm not recommending before bed, but before bed, I watched Army of the Dead, and it is a comedy of. It's a zombie movie, but it's it's a dramedy comedy. You know, I mean, it's. Um, I mean- yeah, uh, and I know probably not your kind of movie either, but um, is it like Zombieland? It's kind of that way, but a little bit lighter. Uh, it's done by Zack Snyder, uh, who does a lot of action type of things, and uh, Dave Bautista 
is the kind of the star. Uh, again, big name in there. There's a few others. Um, you know the comedian Tig Notaro? She She's done a, a thing where it's like uh, uh, Boyish Girl Interrupted was the name of one of her comedy specials. I mean, she's she's uh, very deadpan humor, and, and uh, she has a role in it, too, that's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, it's um, basically the, the premise is that they're breaking into a safe in Las Vegas because the entire city of Las Vegas has been quarantined off because they've all turned into zombies. And so they have to break in to go get the money out of this safe before they drop a nuclear bomb on it to kill all the zombies. And so, so they have a limited time to get in and get out before the bomb comes. Right. Um, and, uh, and so it's a zombie apocalypse. And of course, you know, um, I will say my favorite character in the entire thing was uh, the fact that one of the white tigers from um, um, Siegfried and Roy Siegfried and Roy turned into yeah. a zombie. So there was a zombie tiger, <laughs> which was pretty awesome. <laughs> kind of like the undead bear yeah. in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Very much like that. Yeah, yeah. But at least they, they didn't, um, you know, they, they understood that there's you've got to have some humor with these kinds of things if you're going to do it right. And so uh, there was plenty of humor mixed into the show so i enjoyed it i you know I, let's put it this way i didn't lay awake at night dreaming of, of you know zombie the zombie apocalypse so uh you know it wasn't that but but i don't recommend that kind of thing before you go to bed it's certainly not uh, something you watch with young <laughs> young children in the room because there are lots of pretty gory visuals visuals lots yeah. of uh you know splatter i know people who really love zombie land Mm-hmm. And I, zombies freak me out. I'm, I'm not going to lie. They freak me out. So Yeah, um, this is very zombie you know, land-esque. Yes, which is very tongue-in-cheek. It, yeah. It, you know, and I can get the dark humor, and I understand it, but the visual of the zombies freaks me out. Yeah, and this would be very <laughs> much like that. There's a lot of, like I said, a lot of splatter is just the best way to put it. But, uh, um, but yeah, it... Uh, that I, I enjoyed that as well, but but the uh, the Jupiter's Legacy thing would be good um, along with uh, the Mighty Johnsons, right? So, so from the from the fake terror to the real terror. Oh, do we? This uh, this guy. <laughs> what was that? I said, oh, do we have to? I like the yes. fake terror. A fake terror is better. So yeah. this, um, there were two convicted um, killers who shared a cell at Corcoran State Prison. Uh, but on the morning of March 9th, only one was still alive. So this guy, Jaime Asuna, uh, decapitated and dissected the body of his cellmate, Luis Romero, with a makeshift knife. Um, but after prison guards made their rounds, they reported both men were alive. They didn't, they didn't recognize that one of them had been, you know, decapitated and dismembered. Um, the report had fresh revelations and raised more questions. Um about some of these these slayings and things going on inside these prisons. So this isn't California, folks. This isn't this isn't like you know El Salvador. Yeah, I um, said I <laughs> want my own cell. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think it would start to smell? I mean, it ha- decay yeah. happens pretty quickly. As soon as that body gets you know a little uh, a little cooler, the, yeah. the, the 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 breaking down of that body starts to happen. Yeah, so the, yeah. Buy the buy a pound of hamburger, lay it on your counter, and see how long you can stand it. Yeah, exactly. The killing has prompted investigations and a lawsuit over why Romero was in a cell with Asuna, a mm-hmm. self-styled Satanist with a history of attacking his cellmates. So this is something that he does. 
Um, I just probably, I don't know that he, he may be a Satanist. I'm, he may or may not be. I think he's a psychopath. He's yeah. got like a, like a pentagram tattoo on his face among other things. And he, yeah, he looks pretty terrifying. So, um, so why officers did not discover the grisly scene early is not detailed in the reports, but a lawsuit by Romero's family says the cell bars were covered by a white sheet. Why is that allowed? Suggesting yeah. the guards failed to make a thorough check of the cell. So this is according to the Los Angeles Times. Mm-hmm. So, Lots of questions oh to be had God. there. I mean, you know, I when somebody's incarcerated, we I don't think we need to babysit them um, in terms of they you know they don't need a lot of luxuries. But by the same token, you should put them somewhere where they're going to be you know their life is at risk. If they weren't sentenced to death, um, then you don't put them somewhere where death is a possibility, right? Because the guy who they put you in with is going to you know cut you up and eat you or something. Um, yes. Yeah. No, that's just disgusting. And and incredibly yeah. sad at, at the same time, too. And and there may be those who argue that the guy who died deserved to die. He was in jail for killing somebody else. And, well, you know what? He went to trial and they decided what he deserved to do. And, uh, you know, you don't – I don't I, – I, 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 while I think there are plenty of people that you should, you know, put throw away the key for, um, I don't think that anybody should be, you know – attacked while they sleep and cut up into pieces that that's that's not if even if you're going to sentence somebody to death that's not how we do it you know and that's just that's that's brutal and and, and not a good thing so so let me tell you that using a razor style blade attached to a handle obviously that he had created himself asuna disfigured um, romero cutting out one of his eyes chopping off one of his fingers and removing part of his ribs and slicing out part of his lung. He ultimately cut off his head. He also posed the body slicing Romero's face open on either side of his mouth to resemble an extended smile. And guards found Asuna wearing a necklace made of Romero's body parts. Swell. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like something from the Joker movie. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Great. Yeah. Just, just, you know what? Do us all a favor. Put a bullet in this guy's head and then burn his body. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, after I just made the speech about there's, you know, there's ways to do things that the guy who, who did this is the one who you go like, OK, let's just throw out those ways and get rid of this piece of, you know, I mean, come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean. Even within a prison, there is a society there, and this guy doesn't fit in in that society either. He doesn't fit in anywhere. He does not belong. No. He does not belong amongst humans. Um, and I think he's making the case for that. So, yeah. So, um, basketball yes. playoffs are still going on. I know you're just sitting on the edge of your seat wondering what was happening there. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Lakers play tonight, so I'll just skip it and just say that uh, all the series are tied up 2-2 from yesterday, uh, with the exception of Philadelphia, who is now up 2 or uh, tied up tied 1-1, rather. Um, Philadelphia is now up 2-0 over Washington, and, uh, and uh, Lakers play tonight, which is what we really care about. I'm still wondering what's going on with the Clippers, though. They have lost, they lost both home games and now have lost home court advantage. Yesterday, by the way, I think I said that they played two at the at whoever's the higher-seeded team and then three and then two. I'm sorry. They threw that out a long time ago. It's two at the higher-seeded team. the home. So you get two home games if you're seeded first. 
Then you get two away games, and then they go one, one, one back and forth. So the home, the, the higher seeded team still gets four home games to three home games in a seven game series, but they bounce back and forth so as to not give you too much advantage. Um, so like the Lakers are one and one with Phoenix, and then tonight they're playing back in Lakerland, so they'll be at the Staples Center. Okay, enough of basketball because I know that thrilled you to no end. I can just hear you, just like you're tingling with excitement. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, oops, let me, like, don't you hate it when you click on something and you mean to take a look at it and bloop, it's gone. (laughs) It's like, no, I didn't mean to close that window just because I clicked on the close window thing. That's no fun. Um Let's see so what else is going Vanity on. Vanity Fair is is raising a question. Uh, they have a headline: um, "Home Truths: Americans' Obsession with Home Renovation is a Cash Cow for Streamers, uh, though the neighbors might complain." So you know, having a, a film crew out on your street is is probably not a, a your neighbors probably aren't loving you for that. Um, so early in 2021, this is how it starts: a particular fascination of my household, and this is uh, uh, Richard Lawson who wrote this piece, a new HGTV series from the sister-brother designer-contractor duo Leanne and Steve Ford, who work interior wonders in their native Pittsburgh. I've watched their Um, show. Do you like it? Mm Mm-hmm. They are Um, likable. They have a nice repartee, and uh, having lived in Pittsburgh every once in a while, I'll go like, oh, I know where they're at. uh, Ah. So... Um, uh, so Leanne, so this Leanne recently moved her home back to her hometown of Los Angeles, echoing a trajectory of many of Americans her, her age, who either because of children or pandemic or both decided to return to the nest. Um, no less stylish a life though. Her designs, um, are by far the sleekest on HDTV. Um, home again is a rich source of almost impossible aspiration, um, you know, and they, he goes on to, to, to laud her. And this is mm-hmm. an estimated $465 billion will be spent in the home improvement industries. Um, and it's, this is, this is exploding everywhere, not just there. Mm-hmm. Um, these shows are, he goes on to say, are often described as harmless fluff, soothing and diverting entertainment, free of the prickly politics of the outside world. Um, uh, although, um, there's real consequences. And so, you know, they, um, Chip and Joanna Gaines, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Magnolia has taken over Waco. And I guess this is his point where mm-hmm. we tend to think of it as fluff, um, but it's not. This is a multi billion dollar industry. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and the, the Gaines empire, they say, has been forced to consult with the local chapter of the NAACP and the community race relations on racial justice matters. And um, uh, and because it, what it's ha- what's happening is people are, are buying fixer upper homes in neighborhoods and gentrifying them. And the people who live in those neighbor- neighborhoods are like, wait a minute, what are you doing? This is our home. Um, and the question of gentrification um, is hitting every major city, especially home prices are obscene right yeah. now. And so, you know, going into the rough neighborhood and buying a house and, and flipping it um, is a good is is evidently a good investment, but it, it, it there's a cost to the local economy, and that is um, uh, that is this article's point. And you know, I um, I happen to agree that that gentrification can be problematic if it doesn't also include you know a renaissance 
um, meaning, you know, that local local um, people are given an opportunity to to engage in um, uh, that kind of wealth building that comes from home ownership. And and I say this uplift uplift San Bernardino is uh, working to uh, we've we've are are developing a pipeline of local home buyers. Um, you know, people who in the next 18 to 24 months with the, with the help of programs that are definitely out there and we have people on board who can implement those programs are going to, will be able to buy their homes, buy homes. Um, there are, uh, there's housing going in, in San Bernardino that, you know, people who make 80% of the, um, uh, area median income will be able to qualify for, which is really fantastic. And so, um, you know, we, you can't just let these things happen willy nilly and push people out of their homes. Um, but you'd also don't want to stop it because you want a community to be better. So how do you make it so that the people who live in a community can partake of, uh, the wealth building opportunities. And so, um, it's a good article. Yeah. To that end, I know that they do have some shows too, that are um, going out of their way to, um, to do like neighborhood revivals. Like, uh, they've got a couple guys who, um, are working in a town in, in some of the downtrodden areas of, of uh, Detroit where, you know, there's been a lot of exodus. And what they're doing is they're going to these little houses. Some of them have been uh, um, abandoned. Some of them have been, um, uh, uh, you know, are owned by the city. Others are owned by, you know, still owned by people in the area. Um, and, excuse me, what they do is they move into um, uh, into the house and fix it up. And when that one's fixed up, then they, they move to another one on the same block. They're buying houses as they go with the profits of each one. And and so you're meeting some of the people in the neighborhood and they're fixing up the empty houses so that they can get people to move back into that neighborhood, which I think is kind of cool. So they're doing, yeah. you know, those kinds well, of things, too. And it's very interesting. And these are not big houses. I mean, these are like, you know, thousand square foot homes that they buy for some cases, you know, just a few thousand dollars off of auction. And in other cases, they're paying 20 or 30,000, you know, and selling them for 80 when they're done. You know. Detroit has a unique problem because so many people abandon the city, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they that they've torn down homes and, and entire neighborhoods over the years um, that have been completely emptied out and really nothing but squatters in them. And so, um, you know, so they have lots of empty property and excess um, mm-hmm. uh, inventory in California. We have the opposite problem. Right. We don't have enough inventory uh, for because houses have not been built as fast as they needed to have been. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I love to see those kinds of shows that, you know, we, to, that will help create better neighborhoods because everybody, no matter what your income deserves to live in a safe neighborhood and a neighborhood where you can walk down the street without having to worry and a neighborhood where, um, you know, there's pride in, in, in residency, if, if not pride, I mean, pride in ownership, if not just, you know, uh, residency. So, um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's good that they're doing those kind of things. You know, something else that's been going on there too, is, um, that there's been a shift slowly happening with, um, uh, the DIY network cause they're phasing out the DIY network and putting in the Magnolia network, which will be basically run by Chip and Joanna Gaines. Talk about them taking over the world. Right. Um, Seriously. and there's, been a lot of concerns by uh, by fans of some of the shows on the DIY network because they have not announced what's going to happen to them. Like there's a show called Salvage Dogs where they go salvage things and, and, and then make things from the salvage and sell them. And they have a big salvage yard that they talk about. And Barnwood Builders where they um, are, are taking down and rebuilding and rescuing old um, uh, 
barns and cabins, um, building off the grid, which is a show that I've watched and kind of enjoy because they, you know, they're literally building things out in the sticks without any power or, you know, sometimes they'll do it with no power at all. Sometimes they'll do it, you know, they'll bring a generator in while they're building it, but they're building a home that's totally self-sufficient out somewhere um, in, 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 you know, somewhere in the world where there's just no, you know, no, uh, no services to attach to. Um, and, and there are many other shows that are fairly interesting on DIY and the folks at HGTV, which is the parent company, or I guess Discovery is actually the parent company, have not said that they're going to move to HGTV or that they're going to be on the Magnolia Network because, you know, the Gaineses are kind of deciding what will and won't be on the Magnolia Network. So, you know, where are those shows going? Are they just canceling them all or are they only going to be available on streaming on the Discovery Plus um, which they're yeah. pushing real hard, you know. I I wonder because you know I don't know what cost for the production, but um, mm-hmm. you know if it's still if it has a following, maybe those things are just in streaming. I mean, enough of the mm-hmm. population have cut the cord yeah. um, that that you know yeah you, maybe they not... can make a go of it. Yeah, exactly. And with with lower production costs and having to pay a um, a cable provider. Yeah, yeah. Rehab Addict is another one that's very popular. Um. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's quite a few shows on DIY that already have a following. So what happens to them? And I've not seen anything announce it. And apparently DIY is supposed to go away this summer. So in the next couple months, it goes away completely and it'll be replaced by Magnolia. Um, and that, that got postponed because of COVID. It was going to happen sooner, but I think a lot of the shows that they were supposed to launch, they weren't able to film because of COVID. So, so everything got pushed back a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's you're right, though. It's I, I can imagine that that has a huge impact on 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 people's neighborhoods. And, and uh, um, you know, like in California, though, I know there's a, a gal. I don't I don't know if she's on DIY or if she's on um, uh, um, HGTV. I don't remember which channels on which and stuff. I mean, it's like this kind of I don't run the TV in my house for the most part. If I want to watch a basketball game or watch something that I want to watch science channel or something you know i i end up doing it on a tv away from our main tv we have this wonderful big tv and i hardly ever get to watch it because my wife runs that tv and it's usually on either the hallmark channel or on hd tv slash diy one of those three in some format um or lifetime or something like that so that's what's on yeah every once in a while i will put my foot down and say okay this is a sporting event i want to watch it on the big tv um but, you know, that's her spot. That's where she sits and watches TV, which is a little frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah. Y- yes. To be honest. But I have no interest whatsoever in sitting and watching another Hallmark movie uh, where bad actors and bad actresses remake the plot of a, every uh, of, of a romantic comedy <laughs> I've seen somewhere else for the 15th time. Um, as I joke, you know, it's like it doesn't matter which show is on. You just go, OK, so what's going to happen is. These two people are going to have a meet cute and then there's going to be a misunderstanding and then somebody will realize that there was a misunderstanding and try to make up but the other person doesn't want to make up because they thought that they're still unhappy with that person and then eventually they'll get together and everybody will be happy because that's the way Hallmark ends. That's the plot of every Hallmark movie ever. (laughs) Right there. Now, you can place them on any holiday you want and have holiday issues surrounding them, whether it be snow or or, you know, Valentine's hearts or whatever. You can put them in any country you want because they've done them in these weird made-up European countries. They've been in the U.S. They're all filmed in Canada, by the way. Um, 
you know, but th- th- that's it. That's how the, it goes. And I have no interest in watching that. I just don't. You know those trashy romance novels that women used to read? Are yes. largely women, not just women, but they're targeted oh, no, women. Mostly women. Yeah. Uh, that's what Hallmark is. It's out. those brought to life. And yeah. I kid you not, they they make, uh, I was reading about their production and stuff, and they can do like 30 movies in a month. Oh, my God. They've got production going on. I mean, if you want to be an actor, uh, go to Canada and get a, you can probably get a job at doing one of these movies. And, because and, it do, uh, obviously doesn't take much talent, it just takes somebody willing to be there. Um, and you know, they, and they just telling stories. I mean, they're just cranking them out like, you know, like, like a factory. Um, and they make one, they, they, you know, do a whole new set of, I mean, they literally do an entire set of Christmas, um, uh, movies, all new ones, not to mention they rerun all of them every year. And they, to, to, to give themselves more than just the, you know, 30 days of new movies in December, they do Christmas in July every year. So there'll be a bunch of Christmas movies in the middle of the year. Evidently, they, that's a cash cow for them. Oh, yeah. Christmas is one of their favorite subjects uh, or, or, or settings, I guess I should say. It's not so much a subject. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I joke and I say they're bad actors and bad movies. It's all okay. It's fine. The production value is actually pretty good. But it's just, you know, there's not really much original going on there. When you're cranking it out like that, the stories are... You know, almost every one of them you can tie back and say, oh, yeah, I recognize this plot in insert movie here, um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, often it's just she's busy doing something else and she just kind of wants some noise on in the room while she's doing that. That's not distracting. And if I came in and put on something I wanted, that would be distracting for her. And so uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, but I want to watch my big TV. Um, yeah you need another big tv i guess so i think i'm gonna have to go shop for another big tv and when she says no we don't want to spend that money i'm going then let me use the one i got (laughs) oh yes such a first world problem isn't it (laughs) which dang tv should i watch as i sit here literally in front of two giant screens in my office that i also watch tv on if i wanted to you know one's my computer screen but i like last night i was watching that um uh what was it the army of the dead movie on the television in here which i think is what a 32 inch tv while on the computer screen i was streaming uh one of the basketball games so i could kind of keep track of what was going on there since it wasn't lakers i wasn't paying close attention so i was literally watching two things at once paying attention to both of them you know it's like all right you know there's the advantage of not having the big screen right i can i can watch two three different movies all at one time so todd we are over time oh my gosh i just prattled on for a long old time didn't i we are um, over time. So, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, one thing to note is that when we go to a weekly show, we will go a little longer. So um, we won't just be the 45 minutes or so. Heck, fire, we might go out to an hour or an hour and a half. Who knows? We'll just talk Sounds until great. we're done talking. But today we got to wrap it because you got work to do. So thanks do. for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you.